Hello and welcome to another episode of the Red, White and Buffalo Blues, a Bills podcast with a UK twist. And you would notice that Alex is not with me this week. He is in lovely Switzerland, bastard. So I am joined with the other co-host of the uh, Bills from Afar podcast. Check him out as part of the UK Bills Network. I'm joined by Tim. Tim, thank you very much for, for stepping into Alex's shoes for me. No worries. No worries at all. Pleased to be here. First, first things first, I'm just going to quickly, um, obviously, you've done your own, you had your own view show regarding it. I just want to get your view um, on the Pittsburgh game. Was there anything else that you could you saw in that that really grinded your gears or made you feel impressionable and looking good for the for the up and coming games and upcoming schedule? Yeah, the, the, the key point from my perspective was the inconsistency when it came to fourth down. Like, clearly we had the, the short fourth down plays that didn't work, uh, notably the breeder um, pitch, which failed badly. <laughs> and then five minutes later, we went from being up by seven points to being down by 10. So such a huge momentum swing that was. Um, but going from that, the short yardage, you know, t- trying to be, you know, too cute and, you know, doing, you know, thinking too much, I found. Whereas, you know, for perfectly good Alan Sneak, he's never failed at it. Yeah. Just do it. And then you go and you look at the plays just before when they went for it on fourth down and it was on the Pittsburgh 35 and we were going for it on fourth and eight. And I was like, you know, we could feel a kick a field goal here. This is well within Tyler Bass's range. Yeah. Um, now to put us up by 10 points, so past the touchdown, I just thought that was a needless risk. And we all know McDermott is background. He's a defensive coach. Clearly last year, he really grew uh, in his mindset with fourth downs, but that just seemed really inconsistent to, you know, try some different things on yeah. fourth down, you know, and, and, and close. And and we just had the opportunity to take three points and we didn't go for it. So exactly. um, th- that's my, yeah, main thing that's just been in my mind all week about that game, really. So so going into week two, um, it, it would you say it's a redemption game? Based on last week's performance, going into a game against Miami, which the last six, five, six games... Buffalo really have dominated the last five games. Buffalo have dominated. Do you see it as um? I see it kind of as a redemption game, a time to actually shake off all the rust from last week, work on the cracks against a team that we know that we have no trouble handling. Do you kind of see that in the games? Mm, you'd think that the Dolphins would be a perfect bounce back game, just as you alluded to the history that we've got against them. Josh Allen always has his big, well, I say big games. He's having, you know, last season it was full of big games, but he always seems to have his way with Dolphins. So you'd think, yeah, perfect bounce back game. But then you think back to the last game of last season where our seconds thrashed their firsts and knocked them out of the playoffs. And I do think, well, it's a redemption game, not only for the Bills, but the Dolphins. And they're going to have you know, everything to play for uh, in this game. They know that, you know, they've got the carrot dangling at the end of the stick, being two two games up against the Bills. I just think, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a key get right game for us, but it's also a huge game for the Dolphins as well. So it's, it's really tricky to know exactly what way it's going to go. Um, I think we'll improve. We're not facing the... Um, defensive line that we did against the Steelers um, but the Dolphins run a very much a different scheme they'll be doing different things lots of blitzes lots of odd fronts 
Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I think they're completely different schemes between Steelers and Dolphins. They'll show us different things that we haven't seen uh, so far this season. And um, I'm a little bit worried, I have to admit. Are you concerned just by the fact that, you know, we'll be potentially two games down if, if we were to lose to a Finns. Clearly there's 15 games to make up, but how, how concerned would you be about it? I'm not saying there's going to be concern on my part. Yes, I'd be kind of worried if we actually do end up losing to the Dolphins, knowing what Dolphins did against a New England side, which is revamped or had their starters come back, especially on defence. Um, yeah. But I just, I just know that you're going to be, you're going to have McDermott fire this team up. They're going to be fired up from actually losing the home opener, which I'd say the last few ones have all been wins, bar the only time we hadn't faced the Jets in McDermott era at home on the first, um, the first opener. So there is a bit of, as, as I say, redemption in there. There's a bit of fire up. You know, this team are going to come back um, swinging, Diggs has come out and said recently that his um, after the game, he actually went home with ginger ale, watched the footage. <laughs> you know, Alan's always going to work on that, um, on the game and actually try and do his flaws. And you just got to hope that in train in, in camp, in the um, practices, that McDermott actually really pushes home to this offensive line, the, um, the need to protect and not give away penalties. I mean, he's come out and said that there possibly could be changes on the O-line. There may not be, but that's the one area which I think that we really need to to be worried about, in essence, because was it we gave up seven pressures against the Steelers. Um, the only person that didn't give up a pressure was um, was Cody Ford, which to me is a good thing. Shows that Cody's actually um, is starting to get fully uh, fully covered up, uh, fully healed up. Sorry. Um, but also the depth is, can we actually get Dawkins back to pre-COVID form? I know COVID's probably going to slow him down a little bit, but you're going up against a, a 16th ranked um, rush deep last year um, and a 23rd ranked pass defense last year as well for the Dolphins. So you think on paper it's an easy game. But I'm not 100% sure. I think that, if anything's going to concern me, whether we lose the game or not, will be that O-line. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't know if that's something you agree with, that that's something that you think there's another aspect of this, um, of this team that you've seen from the Steelers game and from, from training camp that could be a, a concern which could lead us to an 0-2 record. Oh yeah, I completely agree that you know the, the pass protection that Allen had uh, last Sunday just wasn't good enough. Plain and simple, you know, Dion Dawkins. It was one of his <laughs> poorest games, I think, in the Bills. You know, jersey in, in his career, I'd say. Like he just was manhandled by Melvin Ingram, and obviously TJ Watt is going to always be really difficult to to keep up with. Cam Hayward, I mentioned it on our podcast uh, in the off season when we were talking about matchups, and I said, look, the Steelers' defensive front—they're going to give a lot of challenges to this O line, and we we had challenges last season against them. And can they, you know, rise up to that occasion? Can they? 
you know, um, show that they've grown and, you know, they've built synergy between each other and it just wasn't there. So, you know, the Dolphins, they don't necessarily have the names, you know, like the, the Steelers do, but it's not all about the names. It's, you know, the Dolphins scheme and, you know, how they utilize a guard say that the defense uh, under Brian Flores, I'd say is the like, most efficient, like, defense in the league when you consider the talent that they've got yet you know they rank I think they were top in turnovers last year they're the only team in a decade to get one turnover a game every game last season so they might not necessarily have the games but uh, the players but they've got you know they're able to get the maximum out of that defense and um, you know I'm still quite confident that you know if after that game the O-line, there'll be a rocket up them to, you know, improve their performance, improve their pass protection, um, you know, and, and we played well um, against the Dolphins before. So there's every reason to be optimistic about this game. But, you know, the Dolphins will present uh, unique challenges that yeah. uh, we haven't faced in the Steelers. So, yeah, I think I think what fans have got to realise is that the Steelers themselves, that front seven, they're going to be one of the best front sevens, I think, if not the best front seven we're going to face this season. And you then go into to Dolphins, who their starting nose guard, um, nose tackle, Raquan Davis, is on IR. So yeah. they're missing their big... big body up the middle. They've got to rely on, was it Christian Wilkins, who's not had his best games against the um, the Bills and I can't remember who's on the Manuel other side. Manuel is uh, yeah. the other end. And then uh, Jordan Jenkins is a second nose tackle on their uh, depth chart. So I was going to say Waquan Davis um, has been a really important player since mm. he was drafted from Alabama. Uh, I think last season was his rookie season. So I think he's, he's only been in second, uh, for two years, possibly three actually. But he's been really important to them. He's a huge presence uh, in the middle. And um, that's what I think is a favourable matchup actually for us now. Now he's not there, um, you know, I hope that we, you know, run the ball a little bit more as sort of a balance, you know, we're passing offense. I'm happy with that. You know, that's how, you know, we were so electric last season. I wouldn't want to change that. But I think at times, especially when the Steelers are able to um, get organic pass rush with their four up front and they could drop everyone back. You know, if, you sh- if you're seeing these fronts and that's what they keep doing, you know, we need to find a way of running a ball. Hopefully, Zach Moss comes into the game. Um, Breeder yeah. only had four carries for four yards last uh, week. Um, clearly, wasn't utilised in the, in the right ra- way. He's a speedy guy, needs space, and, um, you know, he's good in the screen game. We showed nothing um, that, you know, there wasn't any favourable um, plays that he had. So, it's a bit unfair to say that he didn't have a good game but you know Zach Moss um adamant that if he was in the game last week he would have been able to um you know have a better contribution uh, yeah. on the game so it'll be interesting what do you think do you think Moss will be back uh I, this week I kind of think so because I think the one thing that we lacked was that path protection um the you've got your breeder he's not really a path protector as such Moss has in time shown to be a willing um, pass protector, which which really the Bills needed on these um on these games, um or especially on the Steelers game, they needed someone to protect Allen a little bit more. This is where they should have used 
um, Reggie Gillum a lot more as the fullback. They used him on a couple of run plays, didn't really get much, but you bring him in as an extra tight end or bring him in as a fullback for that protection. I think that's what is going to be needed, especially when you've got Ogba, you've got Wilkins, you've even got Van Ginkel, who, yeah. who is an underrated linebacker there, going to make those um, those bursts. So I think they will see what's, what Breeders' impact they had and what Moss can bring. And I do think he is going to be a starter in there. Um, yeah. The only thing, the other thing, really, is all previous games that we've played against Miami have all been like November, December time. We're going to Florida in September, where the weather's going to be very, quite hot, very hot. Do you think that's going to affect this this team, especially on offense and on defense? If our offense can't can't get moving, so if we stumble a little bit on offense and Miami control their offense and keep our defense on, do you see that going to be effect, or is it just going to be a case of? Of it's it is what it is. It's the same for both teams. Miami may obviously have a little bit of a favour on there, but do you see the weather being a being a part of it? It's only a little bit more of an advantage to the Dolphins, I think. I only say that because we played the the Dolphins week two last season and we won the game. We looked really good as well. Um, and it looks like it's going to be the same conditions I saw. It was going to be thunderstorms uh, at game time. I don't know if you remember last season, but we missed quite a bit of the second quarter, didn't we, from the, the thunderstorms, yeah. which we're all a bit bitter about at the time. Hopefully they've got a backup generator this time and we can watch the full game. Um, <laughs> but I think it's harder to go from the Buffalo, they said November, December, like winter conditions, snowy, to Miami, where it's still pretty much like the Buffalo summer and it's warm. I think it's harder to transition from the, the winter of Buffalo and going to play in Miami than it is going from a September Buffalo Sunday uh, mm. to a Miami Buffalo uh, Miami Sunday. Just because I looked at the Buffalo weather at the moment and it's mid-25 degrees uh, over there. Um, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, I suppose 70, 80, something in that nature. But... Um, yeah, so I think it's a better transition because it's only slightly warmer in Miami compared to mm. Buffalo. So get it done, get get the away game done early uh, and hopefully that transition isn't as bad and yeah, we pick up our win. Yeah. What do you think? So, do you think there's a lot into it? I don't. I think I think either way, wherever we go, I mean, it's, you can almost replicate the Miami weather in a dome. I mean, we've got and we've got, we've got Saints in the Dome. We've got we've had games in the past where we have been in hotter climates, like San Francisco hmm. on a in a night game. That's still humid there, which is about the same as as Florida. Um, so I don't think really that's going to affect them at all. They're going to have those big fans at the um at the, at, on the sidelines blowing whatever into their faces. So I think it's going yeah. to be an equaliser for sure. Because I mean. You're looking at how Alan how Alan went last year or last six games against the Dolphins, five and one, um, 1,552 yards, 17 touchdowns, four interceptions, passer rating 114.3 and a completion percentage of 64%. Even in the heat, you still trust Josh. And I think that regardless, it's the only equaliser is is that Miami are used to it a little bit more that if they can keep their offense on, 
and actually wear us down, then that could be their only advantage. But if we can keep it, if we can keep it equal, and Josh can continue having his game, and actually um, push this, keep this defense on the back foot, or Miami defense on the back foot, and keep our guys fresh, then it's it's fair game. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, is there any is there anything you want you've got like keys to the game or or any matchups, anything really that you want to bring to the table? Yeah, so um outside of a historical, you know, how Allen's been against the Finn's defense where he's dominated regardless. You know, last season they went from zone coverage to get to like man coverage uh, scheme against uh, the Bills. And that was like seen seen at the time as a way to to beat Josh was by playing a lot of man coverage. And he showed against the Dolphins last season that, you know, he he can win against that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, from a coverage perspective. Um, but I see the trenches as being like the key one on both sides. So our um, D-line against their offensive line, they're young, they're inexperienced. Um, they're, they're big dudes. Like they value like weight, it seems like. Everyone's over 300 pounds. So they're not the best at moving in space. Uh, they're very much a gap-heavy uh, scheme. Um, but... I think that our speed on the inside is like the completely opposite to our D-line. Yeah. It's all very much speed, lighter guys. You know, you've got your Justin Zimmers, your Ed Olivers, uh, sub 300 pounds. You've got, you know, the, the length of Gregory Russo, F.E. Abada. Um, I think that that's a favourable matchup for us. And I think that's, um, you know, they, they need to show something as well because they've done well, really well in the run defence last uh, yeah. last game against the Steelers but uh, it, we started really well I thought in uh, pass rush uh, against the Steelers but that did you know gradually decline for whatever reason made me they made some adjustments at half time because we didn't see too many pressures on Big Ben but then again he, he releases a ball much quicker than all other quarterbacks in the league yeah. and if you know we can keep to it in the pocket and um, you know, just keep the ball in his hands. Basically, his passer rating goes down by forty points uh, if he if he doesn't throw uh, or if he does throw. Sorry, um, pass for two and a half second mark. So if we can kind of keep him contained, uh, keep the coverage uh, on their wide receivers and Gisecki, then um, that's a favourable matchup in my mind. And then on the other side, as I said, as we talked about, Raekwon Davis is out. Uh, he's really influential to that D-line. And I think because of that, that's going to give us a lot more uh, favourable run looks. And yeah. I think that our offensive line last week actually looked better in run, um, you know, gap blocking and, you know, even getting out in space sometimes. They looked better um, against a run. And I think that, um, you know, they will go to that a bit more, especially if they bring Moss in the backfield. So I think that that's another favourable matchup uh, that, you know, we can really create some gaps and allow those, those guys to go to work. So they're my like key matchups for the game, really. Um, the most favourable ones in the Bills' favour, obviously. Like, the, it'll be interesting to see our wide receivers against their secondary because that's where they've got all their money invested is you know, all pro Xavier Howard, Byron Jones. They've got Jason McCourty in this safety yeah. room. Second round pick, uh, J Javen Holland as well. So, um, yeah, the secondary is their um, strength of the defence. 
And obviously our wide receivers and our passing games are our strength of the offense. So that'd be interesting. I'm not too sure exactly who wins that. Last season, our wide receivers won that battle, but um, you know they've had a bit more time to prepare, I suppose, for us. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see how how that goes. What about yourself? Is there any like key matchups that you've identified out, um, outside of the ones? Really, the one of them is is going to be the um, the matchup between Wallace and whoever <laughs> Davis White isn't going to yeah. cover him and Johnson again. It's more likely going to be um, Waddle and Fuller. Now, don't get me wrong. The first part of the Steelers game, I thought Levi Wallace had a had a decent game. Then it all started went to pop when they started throwing the ball a little bit more, and Wallace really got caught up. Yeah, the, there was uh, that one. On there. there was that one drive, wasn't there, where he got the PI call and then gave up the touchdown to Deontay Johnson, where he kind of got a hand to it, but it wasn't enough, was it? He, he still yeah. was able to catch it. So, yeah, that wasn't a good drive for Levi. And he's never played well against uh, Parker and Williams, the bigger uh, wide receivers uh, in the Dolphins' fleet, you know. And you'd, I could argue that those like bigger wide receivers have more success than the, the Fullers and Waddles. Like, Waddle, mm. I think, would be really good. Um, you know, when he comes out of a flats and he's able to do jet sweeps and that kind of stuff close to Tua. Um, but yeah, they just manhandle like uh, Wallace usually, don't they? So yeah. uh, Parker, I know, he just always seems to come down uh, with the ball against Wallace. So I, I completely agree there. I mean, you, you're looking at it. You're looking at Miami's offense from last year. They were um, 16th overall, 20th in passing with two, going for 233.5 yards per game, 22nd in rushing with 105.5 um, yards per game. I think that defensive line can actually continue where we were and actually halt that run, forcing Tua to make more throws. That's where the Wallace and Johnson battle really, for me, is going to be the key. I mean, you can also look into Milano and Giuseppe. Because I know, I think Jazeki had a couple of good games for us when Milano wasn't in the um, wasn't in the team. Um, really, looking at everything else stat-wise from Miami's offense last year, they were 17th in red zone completion with 58.3, uh, 27th on third down conversion. So if we can keep them off third down with 38.6 last year, I think there's enough in this game, barring penalties because we know that's been a killer for us most of the time, that really set us up. I think the, my one major key is I know we're part, we've identified ourselves as um, pass happy, a pass first offense, is really to get that ball, to get that ball running. Because these defensive, these offensive linemen, you saw in the fourth quarter, okay, they were playing catch up and they shouldn't have run it. But the times where they managed to break Singletary, he made some good plays on there. If you can get that run game going, even if it is just out of the play action, you're then biting on this, um, you're getting the secondary, this top secondary of Miami. Don't get me wrong. There, I said on a previous on a podcast in the offseason, um, on the AFC East Review, I would love, if I could take one player from any team, I would take Xavier Howard and put him on the Bills team. Because with him, and to a lesser extent, Byron Jones, you've got probably one of the better tandem cornerbacks um, in the league. And if you can get that run game set up so you can actually play this um, play, play action and really spread out this, um, this defense, then that is a key. Trying to play spread 
four wide receivers, just tipping your hat is really the one thing we've got to hope that the ball doesn't do very often to bring that back in and actually show our hand early. If he can mix it up, then I'm confident. If he starts being a bit more predictable, then as we saw in the Steelers game, the more and more he's now become predictable, the more and more Dolphins actually start to get a bit, get encouraged more and actually put a lot more pressure on. So I think they are really the the keys really to that game. Yeah, I'd like to see a lot more play action in this game because as you said, the Steelers uh, game, there wasn't much of that. And um, we know Josh Allen thrives when he's in play action on the run. Mm. Um, we need to see a bit more of that as well, as you said, to, to have the balance, run it a little bit more so that the Dolphins actually think we are going to run it and then that'll free up the play action and that'll create space for the likes of Beasley and, you know, Davis and the other guys. Um, mm. So, yeah. The one, the one thing I don't want to see is a designed Allen run. No more. I understand I get the scrambles because he's now learning to slide. Okay, he's still diving a little bit, but no designed Allen runs. If we get a designed Allen run, then you know that we're um, we're losing and we want to try something different, which is not different. So that's mm. my <laughs> that's my thing. Um, just before we go. What is your, have you got any, um, what's your prediction for the game? So usually me and I usually get, get in and I actually ask for predictions. Mm. I'm going to stick you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. I don't think it'll be as high scoring as both games were last season. I know the, 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 the Dolphins away game wasn't hugely high scoring when it was, but uh, compared to the last game anywhere of the season. But I, I think we'll just edge it probably by three points. Um, let's go for 24-21. Oh, he's going for a close one. Okay. Yeah. Why do you I think, think it'll be the opposite? I think it'll be an opposite. I think I think this offense and what Josh Allen can do, and the fact that um you've got Gabe Davis who, who seems to love now playing against the Bills, you've still got Diggs and you've got Beasley who've all had really good games in the in the past against the um against the Dolphins. Even though they've got that strong secondary, I think their weakness is that front um, that front seven. They have obviously they have Wilkins and Ogba, who will and um, Van Ginkle, who will be their key players on that front seven. But the others are a little bit weak. So if we can exploit that by holding them up in pass protection, give Josh a bit of time, I can see us um, going quite big. I think I think we can go and get at least twenty seven points and this defense if we can continue where we are with um with the run defense stop them and get Levi some help whether it be Hyde or Poya actually going over to almost double team whoever is out there I can see us putting enough pressure with this uh, with this defensive line and with Rousseau with Addison who had a good game last year Hughes and even Edmonds are showing up I think we can put that much pressure on Tua that he's going to force a mistake. So I'm going to go for probably a 27-17 victory. And I'm going to put a a, um, a top tip or a hot tip, hot take, let's put it that way, um, that Gabe Davis is going to get at least one touchdown in 80 yards. I can see that. 
So let's hope he's fit. <laughs> let's hope he's over his. He's limited, isn't he, at the moment? Um, he I'm is. too, was it calf or I can't quite remember what um, the injury was, but not hoping sure. Yeah, but hopefully he's yeah back in training today. I think we've got. I think we've got Star back, so that's going to be. He's um, limited again, but hopefully that's looking promising for the weekend. Yeah, he, he didn't have that. He wasn't, obviously, he's practised, so that's all good. I think if it's a case that we see a do not practice in the next today or tomorrow, then yeah. I can think that we can rule him out. I mean, what was it? They had vet rest for Addison and Beasley today, ankle for Gabe Davis, calf limited practice for Star. Um, shoulder, shoulder from Kenzie, limited practice, ankle for Milano, limited practice, and full practice for a foot for Sanders. That was yesterday. Obviously, we yet yeah, by the time this goes out, there probably yeah. is a Thursday report, but this is we're going off yesterday. So, if we get Star back, I feel more and more confident in this defense actually doing something because Star. You've seen the workout videos and a couple of times during the preseason when he's actually been in games, he's actually played well. I think he's going to be a, a welcome, welcome re-addition to this, um, to this, uh, to this defense. Absolutely. It'll be interesting because it feels like it's been such a long, well, it has been, hasn't it? We haven't seen him since uh, 2019. So exactly. Um, it'll be interesting to see everyone saying, oh, wait till Star comes back and the likes of Ed <laughs> Oliver and, you know, the, the rookies and everyone, you know, yeah. I'll just help bring those along. Um, so it's more important for Ed. So hopefully we do see Star back and we see, uh, you know, what, what benefits that could have on the rest of the guys, uh, especially Ed. So, uh, yeah. The more bodies back, the better for us. So, fingers crossed, he is back and he's fired up and raring to go. Yeah. So, before we go, is there anything you want to add? To obviously, what's coming up on on your show, on your podcast? Um, obviously, guys, make sure you do follow it. It's uh, at Bills Bills from Afar um, on Twitter. Have you got anything coming up? You and you and Charlie is just um, we now just into the reviews and and thing. Got anything special lined up? Yeah, so it's much of the same now the season started. So we'll be doing our own set of uh, game previews, game reviews. Um, we started to uh, include awards for the reviews and um, started putting betting tips as well uh, for like, the game previews, which is quite a, a nice uh, and different thing to include. Um, moving forward, we will be like bringing in, in guests for the like uh, game previews and reviews, uh, guys that we've had on for, before and other new people. So uh, watch out for them because we've got some uh, exciting things lined up. And obviously, uh, we'll be part of the... Uh, Bill's party in November. So that'll be a yep. lot of fun and we can't wait for that. So, yep. 7th of November, everyone put that in your diaries. Uh, the the uh, Moortown Bell, which is part of the Fitzrover Bell um, chain, the Moortown Bell um, in, uh, in by St. Catherine's Dock in London. That's where we're going to be for the um, Jaguars game. And don't forget that the Fitzrover Bell pub and the Moortown Bell will be showing all Bills games um, whether it's Game Pass or NFL all the 6pm and 9pm games so if you're in London in and around London head down there so support they do they do wings they've got beers they've got a um, a Buffalo Bill burger so they are very friendly 
and they're looking forward to hosting us for the rest of the season and hopefully for for future um for future seasons so make sure you get down there give them a call send them a message on on twitter just get involved support them and obviously keep the 7th of november free where Alex is going to be there. Charlie and Tim are going to be there. I hopefully will be there. Fingers crossed everything works out. Um, if not, I think Alex is paying for my uh, petrol money, which is good. Yes, yes. He could pay for my beer as well. Um, but yeah, keep that date in mind. And if there's nothing else, Charlie, is there anything? Oh, Char- did I call you Charlie? You did. Oh, it's easily I- easy to do. <laughs> my steam co-host, you know, he, he's the glue of the podcast. So uh I've yeah. had him on the show so many times, so it's uh, it's, it's, it's easily yeah. done. I just uh, have a bit of hair, though. I've got the hair. You've got to remember that. That's a key difference got the between hair. me and he's Charlie. Got, he doesn't. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he, he's going to be uh, Fitzrovia Bell at the weekend. So uh, he has told me uh, early on the podcast this week. He told everyone that uh, if you go into the Dolphins game at Fitzrovia Bell at the weekend, he's uh, willing to pay for a beer. So yeah, what, look everyone? him out. Yeah, everyone, Ooh, everyone bring is his money then. That's going yeah, to be bring his checkbook. <laughs> he's going on Twitter as well now. He's uh, he's, <laughs> he's going to do himself up now. But no, it's it's going to be fun. Um, so don't forget to check out Charlie and Tim at at Bills from Afar. Um, on Twitter, you've got UK at UK underscore Bills on 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 Twitter at RWBB underscore Podcast. On Twitter, Buffalo Bills UK, Facebook, and YouTube at UK Bills on Instagram. And for Tim stepping in for Alex, this is Matt saying thank you for listening. Continue to subscribe, like, follow, spread the word, get the mafia growing, and go Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Yeah, not us. You don't know anything about heart. You don't know anything about work. Huh? That's who we are. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills.